the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Pat Mayo. Laquan Jones will be joining the show a little bit later on to break down three receivers going at severely depressed ADPs that you probably need to draft. So hit the time codes. You can just go check out what Laquan has to say right now if you're digging deep in your season-long fantasy leagues to find a receiver for your bench that maybe, just maybe, you can start a little bit later on. Smash the like button to the video and give me your favorite undervalued receiver right now on draft boards in the comment section. Remember to subscribe to Mayo Media Network. You want to get into a draw for some cash giveaways? Easy stuff. Hit the description once again. Subscribe to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on Apple Podcasts. And then leave a five-star review, something you like about the show with the rating, and then leave your Twitter handle or email address in that review, and then you're in the draw. We're going to be giving out the winners later on this week, so it's your last shot to do it. So please go do that now and help support the show. You can also support the show by depositing at prize picks right now. We're going to have a big tournament coming up, so you're going to want to have extra bucks, plus all the plays. There's week one lines, uh, fantasy props out right now, and I'm going to go hit a few of those before we get to Laquan as well when I update everyone on the snap counts and just some interesting things from the weekend in the preseason. Plus, we're going to have Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night for all of the prize picks and DraftKings slates later on in the week. So for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So remember to stay tuned to this later on in the week, and you can get all of your picks. Been running hot so far on these preseason matchups, so... Why not keep it going, right? Uh, but if you do hit the description right now, you'll find the link to deposit as prize picks. You use that link or you use code MMN for Mayo Media Network and you'll get a match deposit on your money up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $200. It's free money. You might as well take advantage of that right now. So hit the description and check that out. Once again, Laquan coming up just a little bit later on. What I want to get to first is actual playing time. So if you head over to the Pat Mayo Experience on either Monday evening or Tuesday morning, I'm going to have a full rankings update, tight end rankings. So I'm going to update all the positions, release the tight end rankings, then go over some of the injury news and position battle news. But I want to talk about snap counts right now and how this might actually translate into both your fantasy drafts, which are coming up pretty rapidly right now, and some of the season-long over-unders on fantasy props from prizepicks.com and what we can get into. So the first one is Najee Harris. I've been kind of beating the drum on Najee Harris. Ray Garvin and I did a lot uh, on him about a week ago in terms of the rookie rankings. I have him inside my top 10 overall right now, and I think that what we've seen so far from the preseason highly indicates what he is going to be for the season. So the Steelers have played two games and 35 snaps for their starting offense. Najee Harris has been on the field for 30 of those snaps. Anthony McFarlane played five. No other running back has taken a snap with the first team. Now, Benny Snell has been out, so there is something to that. But that's an awful lot of snaps for Najee Harris right now. And if he's going to really get involved in the mix and play that often, we're looking at someone who could play upwards of 75-80% of the snaps. That's why I moved him into my top six overall at running back, top 10 overall amongst all players in half-point PPR scoring, mainly because we can't mine this volume from anywhere else. Everyone else, except for maybe like Joe Mixon, weirdly enough, comes with these caveats of, oh, they're not going to play third down. And we even saw on the weekend that Joe Mixon might not play all of the third downs. So what we have is Najee Harris, a potential workhorse who's also involved in the receiving game, and that is just such a valuable asset, currently still going in the middle of the second round. If you can get him in the second round and have a first rounder to go with him, that is a 
fantastic start to your draft season. So let's just take a pop over to his prize picks right now and just see what it is. You see Najee Harris right here, 990.5 rushing yards. That does seem high. Granted, that seems very high. Let's check out to see on prize picks what his rushing TD total is going to be. 7.5 rushing touchdowns. I can probably get on board with that one a little bit more. Let's head over to runthesims.com. Now, all of the tools are officially operational at runthesims.com. So if you go to runthesims.com slash mayo, you will get a discount on the optimizer. And we're going to jump into some of the week one stuff here so you can see the prop builder and how it gives you an equal distribution of what's going to happen in terms of range of outcomes of that game. But there's single game simulations, the optimizer, all for daily fantasy and betting. If you're a season long player, this, like what I'm looking at right now, the projection builder, that's free. The advanced stats hub, that's also going to be free. You just have to sign up. Uh, you don't have to put any credit card or anything like that. So uh, go hit up runthesims.com. You can find that down in the description. The discount code is down there as well. So let's just take a look at what I have going on. So I had the market share of rushes. So right now, running back 13 uh, amongst my custom projections is where he factors out to be. That's Najee Harris. So let's just bump this up. Let's say 70 Nah, that's probably too much. Let's say 67, 26, 67% of the rushing share is going to go to Najee Harris. I'm going to bump Big Ben down to five. That seems about right. Seven is a bit lofty for him. And Benny Snell, I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen to him, but let's take 5% off him and drop him down to 10%. We'll put down Kalen Balazs to 5% and Jalen Samuel to 1%. So we're slightly over, but that's okay on run this is. We're at 102 in terms of market share. Now I'm going to bump down the total of rushing share touchdowns for Najee Harris down to 70%, but that also seems like it jives with what the Steelers want to do. We've seen them when they have their number one running back under Mike Tomlin fully commit to having these guys touch the ball as often as possible. I bumped him up to a 12% market share of the passes, and I mean, yes, you have the big three, but I don't know how much really we're going to see the tight ends, whether it's Firemouth or Eric Ebron. Like, I have them at a combined 16%. Like, combined, maybe. Then you still have James Washington at 9%. I have Deontay Johnson uh, Juju and Chase Claypool, 21, 19, and 18% of the market share. That seems probably like a, as a full combination, whether those are right for the one guy, not right for another guy. But I think as a total, that's probably what we're looking for. So 12% probably does pretty well for that. Let's bump him up to four yards per carry. Now, that's likely... Um, I don't know if that's a lofty expectation or not. So right now that gives him running back uh, number 10 for the year in terms of the projections. So I'm going to save these projections and just see what that turns into. I have them right now at a rushing rate of 44%. So let's bump up their touchdowns a little bit if you think the Steelers are going to be a little bit better. Let's, let's bump them up to 42%. Let's rush, bump their rushing touchdown rate up to 41%. And just see what that does to the numbers. You, know, you can go screw around with this any way you want. If you hit save on the right side of the screen, you can do it. So that makes Najee Harris running back number nine. I actually think he exceeds these expectations, but we go to the projections by the position. And then all of a sudden, we're looking pretty good here. Running backs. And we'll sort by rank. So we have Najee Harris at number nine. That has him at 12.45 rushing yards for the year on 311 carries. That also gives him 70 targets for 53 catches for 421 yards. So he would go 12.45 in terms of the rushing over-under, and then he would have 12.3 touchdowns. So let's call it 12 touchdowns right now. 
uh, as it pertains to the rushing touchdowns. So if we jump back over to prize picks. I mean, that's well over. It's five over the number in terms of rushing touchdowns. Let's hope that nothing happens to him in terms of injury if he just keeps this rule all year. That's why the overs are a trickier and dicier play than anything else. But I think this, like, this 990.5 uh, in terms of rushing yards, he really should be able to vault himself over that. So uh, I'm big on both these overs on prize picks. Once again, you can go deposit uh, and get that match to match deposit for double your money up to 100 bucks code mmn or the link in the description right now so you can definitely play those ones out the next one up i want to go to is antonio gibson so i've been kind of down on antonio gibson i have him ranked pretty low uh in the rankings at the moment as you can see 12 25.5 rushing yards i don't think that's the craziest thing that's not a crazy number when it goes to my mind but i just look at him right now and from the first preseason game whether it's telling or not curtis samuel did not play but he's been activated off the pup list so he'll get more involved in the rushing game weirdly enough because that's just a part of the game plan that the washington football team is going to put forward i'm not i am concerned about curtis Samuel because he hasn't played a second yet this season however he is familiar with this Ron Rivera offense so he should be able to integrate himself seamlessly if he can get on the field at some point so Antonio Gibson was not on the field on third downs with Ryan Fitzpatrick that is very telling for his overall fantasy upside so the main thing is like we want him to catch passes that's what he came out being like oh my god this is going to be what he's going to do so That'll cap his upside, just like last season. Over the past decade, pass rate by down, first or second down, 55.3%, third down, 83.2% when we're talking about the very high-end running backs. Gibson ran just eight routes on third down last season. J.D. McKissick was Washington's most targeted guy with 130. Now, that probably evens itself out a little bit because last season, running backs saw a target on 25% of their third down routes. On first and second down, just 21%. And a lot of that had to do with who was playing quarterback for Washington a lot of the season. Too. You had check down Haskins, then super check down Alex Smith. Ryan Fitzpatrick is far more prone to take off by himself. We've just seen it over and over and over. And then he's going to take his deep shots down the field. It's not that he doesn't throw to his running backs, but when we're trying to extrapolate out the numbers for the Washington football team running back position in terms of the receiving game, he's just not as big of a check down king as Smith or Haskins was. So if you take that down from 25% on third downs to 15% or even 18%, that's just the overall volume of targets just aren't going to be there. And if Gibson's not running his routes anyway, then we have a bit of a problem in terms of him achieving that overall upside. Now, he's still going to be a fine. I think he's a running back, too. A lot of people have him up at, like, running back number 10, even running back number 9, ahead of someone like Najee Harris, who I think plays this role on Pittsburgh, where Gibson's not necessarily going to see that role on Washington. So that's been really the biggest problem that I've had with Gibson so far. What is his upside going to be? When it's sort of like the inverse of someone like DeAndre Swift, for example, who is dealing with a groin injury. He's not practicing right at the moment, but at, let's say, full capacity by week one, he's good to go. We know that he's going to be involved in the receiving game, although they did bring in Jamal Williams. It's just how much of the first and second down snaps is he going to play? Is it going to be a series by series? That's the unknown part. So I would still rather have Gibson than someone like DeAndre Swift because there's always a chance that he just integrates himself into the passing game and then really hits it up. But 
it's it's not necessarily a Josh Jacobs situation where it just seems like he's never going to be involved running routes or catching passes outside of like one or two weird outlier games per season. But for Gibson, if he can't get up to that like four or five targets per game, he's just going to have a really difficult time achieving the upside that we want out of him. And he's a bit more like the player we had last year. A good player, someone you want on your team, someone that you can start every single week, but not someone that you want to go reaching for at his current price in fantasy drafts because he, like Najee Harris, is a mid second round pick like just give me a Harris 100 times out of 100 and the potential role that he could have in that offense so that's really what I wanted to get into like how important is passing game uh it's among starting running backs in the NFL in half point PPR 12 team leagues so the top 24 22 of them average over two targets per game the only two outliers in that situation were Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry and we know why Uh, you can just look at the ground numbers for them and the touchdown numbers for them, the big plays from them. And that's how they get there, but they are massive outliers. You don't want to go out of your way to target the types of running backs that those guys are. Even if you think that Gibson is great, you're just not putting him in that tier as Chubb or Henry. So he has to be on the next one below. So when we take a look at his prize picks and his over under, we have him at, you know, 10, 1025.5 over under fantasy prop on prize picks right now. I don't love that. Let's see if they actually have him in receiving yards, because that would be a nice get. No, no, they're, they're too savvy to post a number on that one. So let's go over to the projection builder, go back to inputs by team, and we'll check out. Oh, my default microphone has changed to Mike 2 Onyx Artist 1. That will now be used. That's good to know. Apparently, all the viewers need to see that, too. We're not changing it up over here. That's fine. So Antonio Gibson currently had a market share of 8% of the targets. What happens when we bump that down to 5% of the targets? This is all I'm going to say. Uh, and we'll, we'll bump them up. We'll say, yeah, you're going to play first and second. Now we'll put you up to 59% of the carries on this team. We'll bump down McKissick to 10% and Peyton Barber to 8%. That's also, they, they just cut Lamar Miller over the weekend after the first preseason game. Uh, I wasn't really sweating Lamar Miller, but I do think that McKissick and Barber will continue to play roles in this offense. So if you just give them right around a 60% market share of the of the rushing uh yeah of the rushing carries and let's bump him up to oh boy let's call it 60 percent of the market share of rushing touchdowns we'll bump down barber to five percent we'll bump down jd mckissick to five percent and there we are so we'll call him even 61 percent so what does this do for us down to five percent of the market share of receiving yards um and let's see a catch rate 81 percent that makes sense he's at a five percent share of the receiving touchdowns on this team that might actually be high too that still makes him running back number 17 by projections so let's go hop in check out number 17 antonio gibson that would put him at his over for rushing yards 12 11 like we saw we have where are we at here 1025. So if he stays healthy, he should be able to exceed that number even on 259 carries. But in the receiving game, we're looking at 30 targets and 25 receptions for 170 yards like that puts him well behind even someone like David Montgomery and that's factoring in what we saw with you know Tariq Cohen not playing 100% that's still behind Miles Sanders Clyde Edwards Alaire Mike Davis like it's just not a great situation to be in uh, even someone like Najee Harris we have 424 Aaron Jones almost 400 Chris Carson 360 like it's well behind those guys who are sort of his peers in this situation so that's sort of my hiccup if people were ever wondering with Antonio Gibson in this spot now maybe this changes in the second preseason game that could be something but even going forward that is uh 
really what I wanted to look at. So those were the two big snap counts I wanted to talk about. The other one was Malcolm Brown playing with the first team and getting a lot of first and second down reps. Well, Miles Gaskin for the Dolphins got pushed behind for like the third down reps, uh, a lot of passing downs for Miles Gaskin. And that's really problematic based on where his draft point is. Like he's going in that same, you know, Javante Williams kind of established himself as, not established himself as the running back one. He's not. He's going to be in a split with Melvin Gordon. I think that we know that. But he just looks spry where Melvin Gordon looks like he runs with lead feet. So eventually you'd have to think that Javante Williams gets the better part of this. He looks explosive. It's one preseason game. I don't want to wait too much into it. That's why you have to take some of these with a grain of salt. That's why I look like looking at who runs with the first team offense. We saw that of Malcolm Brown in the Dolphins backfield with Tua and that first team offense, whereas Gaskin was playing a lot of third downs and with the second team offense. So that can get tricky if you're going to spend a lot of draft capital on someone like Miles Gaskin. He's a player that I too have been down on for a lot of, not down on in terms of talent. I actually think he's a quite a good player. I think he's a valuable real life asset, but is he going to get 60% of the market rushing share? Let's, let's dial that down a bit. Let's call it 40% for Miles Gaskin. Oh, that's 4%. We don't want to do that. We'll call it 40% for Miles Gaskin. And we'll call it 31% for Malcolm Brown. So even if you just dip him down to 40% of the market share right now on the Dolphins, and that still gives him around 50% of the rushing touchdowns, a 9% target share, which seems viable, and a, an 11% of the receiving touchdowns, which may not be uh, if Tua starts calling his own number a little bit. That makes him running back number 27 for the season. So where is he at in rushing yards? Now, this is uh, so 750.5 rushing yards. That seems low, but again, you have to factor in injuries to a lot of stuff like that. Actually, I'm going to save my data so the projections update themselves very quick on this one. So running back 27 is Miles Gaskin. So if he only ends up getting 40% of the market share of of rushes in this situation he's dealing with a 693 yards on 172 carries that is not factoring in any sort of injury and if he's just really the third down back and a complimentary back and he plays that old school Lamar Miller role he's gonna have to break some serious long runs in order to hit that number it seems when you go to prize picks like oh it's like the mid 700s that seems really low for a guy who could start well a we don't know if he's a starter or not that could be Malcolm Brown at least that's the indication right now based on what the Dolphins have done so that's the only information that we can really go with now he is going to continue to have value in both full point and half point PPR based on that receiving ability but that's not going to carry him to rushing totals by themselves so under on the miles gaskin 700 mid 700s prize pick so i like that one and i like the over on Najee harris you can play those two together and you get three times your money on whatever you put up so if you put up 50 dollars, i mean if you, that means you have to deposit 25 dollars onto prize picks you get the extra 25 you put the 50 on the harris over and then on the gaskin under then all of a sudden you have 150 dollars. you put 500 down you have 1500 so you're looking pretty good i think with those two and you can scale back to some of the other shows that we've talked about over under totals but i think that those three running back situations right now and you can check the rankings they're updated in the description of this video then i'll have a full update and explanation deeper on some of the other positions on tuesday with joe pizapia as we break down the tight end rankings as well and talk about the news and update everything on the pat mayo experience but those are the three situations that really kind of caught my eye from the first weekend of full preseason games. Remember to smash like button to the video, but don't go anywhere yet because Laquan Jones is up next with his three receivers that are just going way too late in drafts. Stay tuned. Yeah!
What's going on, guys? It's your boy LQ, and this is the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. Make sure you guys hit that link in the description, sign up today, and they'll match your deposit up to 100 bucks. Make sure you guys use the promo code MMN when you guys sign up. Now, I got a show today for you guys. Guys who will outperform their ADP. These guys are going to be very cheap, very low risk, high reward, and they're going in the later rounds. There's no real demand to draft them as a fantasy starter. So I feel like these guys are going to come off the bench and put some points on the board. So let's jump right into it. The first guy I got, Marvin Jones. He's the forgotten one. Year after year, we see him going in the later rounds, and he blows his ADP out of the water. And I think that's going to happen again this year. Being that he's on a new offense with Urban Meyer, I think the offense is going to be electric. I think they're going to be very fast. And Marvin Jones, he's pretty good at football. Overall, he's a great wide receiver. He could run every route in the tree. So I think he can definitely be a red zone target. So the touchdowns will be there. Back-to-back seasons, having nine touchdowns, he finished wide receiver 18. Why can't he step up as the lead wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Now, I know we love LaVisca Chanel. I know we love DJ Chark, but... Both of these guys are having injury concerns. I think, you know, Chenault, he's a great talent, speedster. I definitely feel like if he's put in the right position, he could definitely be a wide receiver one. But I still have the concerns with the price, the injury, et cetera, et cetera. So with Marvin Jones being that he's so cheap and he's the most reliable and proven talent of a wide receiver in that core, he can easily lead this team in targets, lead them as the wide receiver one. So I think him going in this later round, he could definitely be the guy – to show up and show out when it's time when his name is called. Now for my next guy, I got Corey Davis. Now he has 12th round ADP. Yes, he's a Jets wide receiver, and I'm telling you to draft one other than Jameson Crowder. Now I like what I saw from Corey Davis last week at training camp. I was there, I was present, and I like what I saw with him and Zach Wilson have going on. Now Elijah Moore, obviously the electric talent there, he's going to be a stud this year. And I definitely think that helps Corey Davis to play that number two role like he did last season for him to have a career high. So 90 targets is what he had in Tennessee. I think that can easily carry over to this team with the Jets, maybe even more. So what I saw from Wilson and Corey Davis, now I saw when Wilson, he had his struggles in that scrimmage. Now, when the first read wasn't there, more likely it was Jameson Crowder or Elijah Moore. He looked to Corey Davis a ton as a security blanket. Now he's there as a veteran, and I definitely think he could be a reliable target for Zach Wilson. This is something that I think can grow and have the chemistry to build to something beautiful. Now he's going in those later rounds. He's like your wide receiver three, wide receiver four. He can have some really big games for the Jets if that offense is hitting on all cylinders. So if the offense is bad, Wilson's looking bad. Again, with this low ADP in the 12th to 13th round, there's really no risk. He's not being drafted as a fantasy starter. So you should full send Corey Davis this season, and I like the odds. Now this next guy I got, if you would have told me three years ago that A.J. Green would be going in the 14th round, I would call you a liar. But it is what it is. He's one of those guys I think you need to be stashing. He's in Arizona right now. He's a wide receiver, too. He doesn't have the demand to be your fantasy starter with this 14th round ADP. He's going to be a guy in the later rounds that can kind of ride the bench until you see him starting to pop off, get into a groove. And again, you won't feel the burn if he doesn't pop off. So I definitely think how cheap he is, he needs to be on your roster because A.J. Green is still A.J. Green, I believe. Now, he comes in as the wide receiver, too, so that means you're going to be seeing the number two corners. A.J. Green still can get separation. He can still go up for that 50-50 ball. D-Hop's going to be getting those number one corners. He's going to be doubled. So I think with all the craziness that happened in Cincinnati, 
might be out of his head. He might got this fresh start because he just wasn't happy last season. If we really look at what was going on, one third of his targets were uncatchable. So that just went back to Joe Burrow just not being accurate going downfield and targeting A.J. Green. So his stats, I really don't look at too deep because it's like I know what A.J. Green, I know what he was, I know what he can be. Now with Kyler Murray, D-Hop, offense is going to be electric with A.J. Green. So that's why I think A.J. Green going in the 14th round, he's definitely going to blow out his ADP. It's definitely going to be blown out of water because I think A.J. Green can have a big year for you guys, show up and show out and put points on the board for you guys. So that wraps up this episode, and I want to go over these three guys very quickly. These guys are not fantasy starters. These guys are going to be wide receiver three, wide receiver four, where their demand to be in your starting lineup is very low. So if these guys do not work out, you're not going to feel the burn. Come on, you're going to be good. You're going to be sitting there smiling, and they don't work out. You get this drop them. But I have a feeling these three guys, they're going to be studs this season. They're going to work out for you. With their ADPs, man, there's very low risk, high reward. These guys are going to the moon. And I best believe they're going to be on my rosters, and hopefully they'll be on yours. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and I'll see you guys again next week for another great episode. And please make sure you hit that link in the description. Sign up at Prize Picks. They match your deposit up to 100 Bucks. Sign up using the MMN promo code and you'll be ready to go, signed up, ready to make some big bucks. Oh.